Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Today, I want to conclude teaching on the subject of forgiveness. I've been teaching on forgiveness for since last month, and I've tried to establish the fact that forgiveness is one of the very important principles of the New Testament, and it is one of the keys to enjoying maximum blessings in our relationship with God. Forgiveness is so important because it helps you to know the best approach to dealing with offenses. We will always be offended by people. Jesus said offense will always come, but there are different ways to deal with offense. One way is to retaliate. Another way is to bear grudge. Another way is to react in other negative ways. But God's word teaches us that the best way to deal with offense is to forgive. I have defined forgiveness as refusing to retaliate. Forgiveness means refuse to retaliate. It means to pardon people who will offend you. It means to withhold punishment from an offender. And forgiveness also means release all feelings of anger and resentment. The interesting thing about offenses is that it fills you with anger. Forgiveness fills you with anger. And if the anger is nurtured for some time, it develops into rage. And uh, when you become filled with rage, you come to the point where anytime the person who has offended you, anytime his name is mentioned, everything you are doing comes to a standstill. Your mind becomes so full of, of such uncontrollable anger and rage. And your mood changes. Your heartbeat becomes very fast. Your whole system becomes something else. Today, I want to ask you an important question. Is there anybody in your life that anytime you hear his name, suddenly your heart begins to beat fast and your whole heart is full of uncontrollable anger because of the pain the person has caused you to go through, because of the, the ordeal you've been through. Now, we all have people like that, isn't it? We all have people like that. Now, I want to say that anybody whose name or face makes you filled with rage, is controlling your life and your health. Now, you can conduct this experiment. I mean, get somebody to put a pressure machine on your body and get somebody else to mention that person's name to you. Your pressure will not be the same as the normal one. Your blood pressure will change suddenly because of the level of resentment and anger and the pain you are nursing. You know, there's a very great Bible teacher called Derek Prince, Reverend Derek Prince, his blessed memory, dead long time ago. Derek Prince says that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting your enemy to die. Because of what you did to me, I'm drinking this poison so that you will die. 
When you take poison, you die. Unforgiveness creates anger that develops into rage and then bitterness. And when you become very bitter, it affects your whole life system, especially your coordination system. And sometimes it hinders even the healing process of your body. Last week, I went somewhere with my wife and we we're talking about some man of God who died, I think, last year. They had a big church. And then the person was narrating to us the story of the man, what, he, what happened, that he had a stroke, never recovered. And then when I heard the story, I said, oh, then I understand why he didn't recover. I understand why he died. He was so badly treated by some people I don't want to mention. And when you become so badly treated, you have every reason, you have justifiable reasons to hold on to grudge for life. But the, the effect is that it will affect you. It will affect your health. One of the things that makes us recover, even in health, in strength, in our spiritual life, is when you always free your heart from grudge, from resentment, every time you hate people. You know, Jesus said hatred is the same as murder. You know, so hatred is the same as murder. So, Pastor, but what they did is very bad. Yes, I know it's very bad. And the Bible says that vengeance belongs to God, so God will have his own way to deal with people, the bad people do, but that is not the reason why your life should come to a standstill. And these things we are talking about is serious. You know, there are some, when you hear people's story, it's not as easy as I'm preaching it now. It's not as easy as I'm preaching it. You know, I was telling a story. I don't think it was here. I don't know where I preached, but, you know, it's a true life story of something that happened to somebody in my hometown last year. Now, let me tell you, this man stays in the U.S., has a land in Accra. He has a nephew who is hustling, struggling in Accra. And he called him and said, oh, I have a land. I have a land. And uh, uh, I've walled it, secured. Why don't you go do some kiosk on it? so that you don't need to pay rent and just stay on it. And he also wanted somebody he could trust to also protect the land and be on the land and, and, and all that. But this guy was really struggling, so he gave him the land, just stay on it. And uh, um, the man came back after, I think, about five years. Uh, the young man has built on the house. He built a house on the land. He built on the land, so... The man came and said, oh, what is happening? I said, you should just do some kiosk or a temporary structure. He's built a house on the land. And the young man's response is, um, when you left, the person who sold the land to you came to me that you didn't finish paying for the land. So I had to go and pay. So now the land is mine. <laughs> like a joke, you know. And then they started dragging this thing from the family. This guy said the land is mine. And the man had incidentally you know, done all the documents, even the title. So he took 
the matter to court, uh, and the court ruled that the guy should take his building from the land. <laughs> Whilst the man was waiting for the building to be taken from the land, this man became sick. He became so sick. We all knew where the sickness was coming from. Early this year, the man died. The man who owns the land is dead. Now, if you were that man's child, what are you going to do? And everybody in the town knows is this young man who is the nephew of the man. You know, so human beings can be so wicked and devilish and evil that if you want to follow people's behavior, you will become a bad person. You become a bad person. If you want to follow people's bad behaviors, you will never be good. You will never be a good Christian. So the scripture um, is very clear uh, that forgiveness is not about helping your offender. It's about helping yourself. It's the good treatment you give yourself so that you can have a free heart and enjoy life and live good. I want us to start with our key text for this topic is in Romans 12, 17. It says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, because sometimes it will not be possible, but if it is possible, live peaceably with all men. Peaceably with all men. Don't live a life of always, almost everywhere you you. you you, you, you are fighting with people. Oh, me and this person, we are not talking. Me and that person, we are not talking. Everywhere from workplace to your house where you live, you are fighting with everybody in your family. You take it to church, you are, fight, you are quarreling with. You no, know, there are some people, even in the same department, they are not talking. Are you a Christian? You are not. You are not a good Christian when you live in the same department. Serving with some, somebody in the same department, you don't talk. That is not Christianity. That is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Live peaceably with all men. He said, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Is it not a hard thing? Hard thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. If you are sincere to yourself, you know this one is hard. You know, the Bible should have said, if your enemy is hungry, kill him. Kill him. But he said, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him what? Drink. For in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. So when you feed your enemy and you give him drink, God says that the rest is up to him because God is the judge. Amen? Amen. The rest is up to God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him the rest is up to God. The rest is up to God. You know... I want to show you an interesting scripture in Genesis 42, verse 14. Genesis 42, verse 14. Most of you know the story of Joseph very well. So let's look at an interesting story. And Joseph said to his brothers, As I spoke to you, saying, You are spies. In this manner you shall be tested by the life of Pharaoh. You shall not leave this place unless your younger brother, your youngest brother, comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother and you shall be kept in prison, that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison three days. 
Then Joseph said to them the third day, Do this and leave, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses and bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. Look at this verse. Then they said to one another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother. For we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we will not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. This is about 15 years after they sold Joseph. They were standing face to face with their brother, but they did not know he was the one. And they were telling one another, you see, what we did is what is following us. So what is this teaching us? For the 15 years, they've always been living under the guilt of what they did to their brother. And whilst they were living under this guilt, Joseph was prospering one step after the other. From slavery, he went to prison. From prison, he became the prime minister. God had blessed him. And if you read from verse 7, Genesis 42, verse 7, And Joseph saw his brothers, and he knew them but made himself strange to them and spoke roughly to them and said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. You know, I've come to realize that the bad treatment of people can never stop your destiny in life. The way, the things people do deliberately to hurt you and to destroy you, it can never stop you from becoming all God wants you to be, unless you allow it. And one of the ways you allow it is when you become bitter. Now, was Joseph bitter? I don't think so. Because if he was, this was the opportunity for him to do what? Show them where power lies, isn't it? Because now they have come straight into his hands. And he's now the prime minister. He had, all, he had the power to do anything he likes to them. If Joseph was still bitter, do you think he would have just been talking to them that way he did? No, he was not. Otherwise, that would have been the end of their lives. They, he would have commanded all of them to be killed. But the people were living with their own guilt. They were living with their own guilt. They were living with their own guilt for 13, 15 years until they met Joseph. And they lived with the guilt even after he forgave them. I'll show you. They lived with the guilt. Even after Joseph forgave them, Genesis 50, Genesis 30 from verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, because now they knew that once their father was dead, their father would be talking to Joseph all the time. Now their father has died. So they felt like, ah, the mediator is no more. Maybe this man is still looking for opportunity to still destroy us. So they said, perhaps Joseph will what? Hate us. So even after Joseph forgave them and told them, move to Egypt and come and stay, go and bring my father. They came, he treated them well. He, he, he asked he permission from Pharaoh to put them in a land called Goshen. They gave them all the good treatment, everything. They were still not sure. They were not sure. Whereas Joseph hates us and may actually, what? Repay us for what? 
the evil which we did to him. Sometimes when people are very bad and you forgive them, they still don't believe you have. Is it not true? Yeah, sometimes people still don't believe you have. Sometimes people do so much evil, you forgive them, but they still don't believe you are forgiven. They think, oh, he's just looking for deferring punishment. The guilt was still with them. Joseph forgave them, but the guilt was still with them. Verse 17. Thus you shall say... Oh, did I finish the verse 16? Okay, so they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, before your father died, he commanded... You see, this is what I hate. This is what I hate. This is what I hate. You see, when you do wrong, apologize. Don't try to manipulate people. You see what they are doing? They went to call somebody and probably paid the person or probably found a way to influence the person and say, go and tell Joseph that when your father, before he died, now, that's simple. If I'm Joseph, if my father wanted to tell me something before he died, wouldn't he have spoken to me? Yeah, he would have spoken to me. He wouldn't have had to go and talk to somebody. Then the person will wait. When my father is dead, he's not coming to tell me. And that's why I tell people all the time. You see, when you respect people, there are things you don't do to them. One, you don't lie to them. You know, I believe that every kind of deception is a sign of disrespect. You are undermining the intelligence of people. If you offend somebody, don't go and sit down preaching forgiveness. No. You don't, don't say, hey, you know, this morning when I woke up, I found some revelation in the Bible. And, you know, this thing about forgiveness is powerful. You know, we have to try. No, 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 no. I mean, you are being stupid. Tell the person, you know what? I think I, I did something that I think is not good. As I thought about it, I realized that I was wrong. So I'm sorry. Simple. Simple. Yeah. But they went to tell somebody to go and tell Joseph that before your father died, he commanded saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Joseph was crying. Why? He's surprised that they are still feeling guilty. He's surprised they are still feeling guilty. Now, the question is, the offender and the person who was offended, who is now blessed? The person who was offended is now blessed. They sold him out to go and die. They wished him evil, but the evil did not prevail. And this morning, I want to tell you, people are free to wish what they like against you. But I want you to know that the evil that men and women wish for you, it will not prevail. In the name of Jesus. Look, even if you pounce on somebody calling your name, speaking evil, calling your name and said, um, whose name should I use? Calling your name, said, Julius, you will not prosper, you will not succeed. Even if you pounce on the person, huh? walk away, ignore it. Why? It won't happen. I said it will not happen. It won't. Because that person is not God. Amen. Unless you don't believe you serve God, and that you, you don't believe you serve a living God. If somebody comes to tell you, oh, that man took you to a shrine to, to be killed, don't, don't hate him. Leave him. Let's time pass. Let's see who will really die or be destroyed or who will prosper. No. Sometimes you can hear 
you know, your closest friend at work, the one you confided in, he just stabbed you in the back, betrayed you, seeking for you to be removed. But when you hear it, don't hate the person. Just be careful with the person, but don't hate the person. Don't hate anybody. Be nice to the person. Your boss didn't treat you well at work. No hatred. No hatred. Because over time, Joseph became more prosperous. He was not the one feeding these people. And I've seen it all the time. When you treat people bad, you give them advantage over your life. Can I say that again? When you treat people bad, when you hurt people, you give them advantage. I know somebody today who is taking care of a woman and all her children. But this man used to stay with this woman and the suffering. Because he was not the woman's child. He was the slave in the house. He was the, the nonsense in the house. The woman and the two children treated this guy like, like he's not a human being. But do you know what God did? You know, I think God has a sense of humor. Wonderful humor. He blessed this guy, and this woman and the two children are now depending on him. He, he takes care of them. It takes a godly person to do that. And until you have that kind of heart, ready to feed your enemy and give them chilled drinks to drink, there are some level of blessings you can never walk into it. Now, it's not a mistake that God blessed Joseph. God knew that if I blessed Joseph, he will not truncate my process and purpose for the nation of Israel. You know, each of these guys represents the one tribe of Israel. So if Joseph had done anything to any of them, it would have really interfered with the plan. So God was looking for somebody with a very good heart who is not vengeful. And he found that in Joseph. And he said, despite what they did, I will still bless him. May God bless you like that. So, then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we are your servants. Now, if you hate people and you retaliate people and you hold them in your heart and you are avenging yourself instead of allowing God to avenge you, people offend you will never do this for you. They will never come to the place of bowing before you. The only people that you have the privilege of looking at and smiling and say, wow, is, is this how God can do it? There are people you forgive. Yeah. Verse 19. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me. You see, don't quote this scripture if you are not a forgiving person. This scripture was Joseph's statement in the context of forgiveness. If you are not a forgiving person, don't quote this scripture, because it will never work for you. It works for people who understand how to forgive. And today, I want to promise somebody that what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for your good. In the name of Jesus. The evil people did to you, hoping you will die, you'll be destroyed, you'll suffer, you'll never make it. The evil people did. God is able to turn it around. God is able to turn it around for your good, for your promotion for your prosperity, for your increase and progress in the name of Jesus. All right. Now, 
Let's conclude forgiveness. How do we put all this together? Let's go back to practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness is supposed to be a lifetime practice. Daily basis. Daily basis. Forgive people. Including the ones who have hurt you years back. You are going to call people by name. And you are going to say what? I forgive you. Somebody say, I forgive. I forgive. One more time. I forgive. Yeah. So, forgive people. Some of you, your uncles. Some of you, your, your old friends. Some of you here, your friends. Some of you, your ex-wife or your ex-husband. You have to learn to just let it go. One day they'll see you somewhere and they'll be so ashamed. They'll be so, so ashamed because God will bless you and lift you up and prosper you. Yes. God will bless you. God will prosper you. Despite what they've done to you, God is still going to prosper you. God is still going to take you forward. Yeah. So, you have to learn to practice forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a one-time thing. It is a lifetime practice. So, how do we practice forgiveness? Refrain from practicing deliberate offenses. If you feel hurt when people hurt you, don't hurt people. If you get offended when people hurt you, don't hurt people also. Don't be somebody who is happy to hurt people and yet angry when others hurt you. Because sometimes, understand that as long as you keep hurting people deliberately, it's a seed you are sowing and you keep reaping the cycle. You keep reaping the effect. People keep hurting you all the time. 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 And you can never be smarter than life. This earth has been in existence thousands of years before you were born. So it's a deception to think you can be smarter than life. The laws of life are eternal and they are universal. It works everywhere. No matter where you hide, it will find you. So don't... Be a deliberate offender. Number two, apologize to people quickly. I've said that already. Apologize to people. Number three, give people the benefit of the doubt. Because sometimes people offend you unknowingly. Unknowingly. That's why Jesus said we should give people a second chance. And I want to say, Jesus didn't make a mistake when he said a second chance. Because if somebody messes up the second time, tell you what, he will mess up all the time. Number four, correct people who offend you. That's a godly way to do it. That is if you know the person did it unknowingly. Yeah. If the person did it deliberately, he doesn't need correction. In fact, the, the only correction he needs is calling before other people. So number five says that if an offender refuses correction, refer him or her to others who can, what? Correct him. And number six says if an offender shows no sign of change after several corrections. Forgive and avoid the person. Jesus said in Matthew 18 that if he refused to be corrected, even after you've taken him or her to the church, treat him like an unbeliever. And there are some people you cannot take them to the church because they don't belong to your church before they offended you. Now, treat people like an, an unbeliever simply means don't hate the person, 
but avoid the person. Don't hit the person, but what? Avoid the person. The reason why you should avoid some people after you've forgiven them is because they will keep hurting you over and over and over and over and over. And so you have to forgive the person and um, give him a distance. Number seven, pray always for a heart of forgiveness. And the reasons you know it. Not every offense is easy to forgive. Yeah. Not every offense is easy to forgive. Not every offense is easy to forgive. And uh, there are people you have to pray to God. You know, last two weeks I, I shared a story about something that a lady who left this church did to me. And I said that there are things when it happens, get angry as much as you can. Hello? Yeah. yeah. Because refusing to be angry is denial. Yeah. There are things when you happen. For you to say, I'm not angry, you are a pretender. Get angry as much as you can. But after some time, let the anger come down. And then think through the issue. Are you hearing me? And then you can do what I'm saying now. Pray. And say, Lord, this one is difficult. I need help. Oh, yeah. I need help. I need help. Help me to let go. Because sometimes, no matter who you are, it's very difficult to see some people and do good to them. It is difficult. It is difficult. So pray and ask God to help you. And then he will. He will. He will. Yeah. So sometimes you must be sincere to God, you know, and tell God, Lord, your word says I should forgive you, but this one, I don't know how to do it. I cannot do it if you don't help me. And if you don't help me, it's not my fault. I'm going to do something bad to somebody. I need you to help me right now before I destroy somebody's life. <laughs> that is pouring out your heart to God sincerely in God's presence. Yeah. And you will, you will be surprised how you are able to forgive certain people. You'll be surprised of yourself. You'll be surprised that you of all people, you've been able to forgive certain offenses. Number eight, pray for people who offend you, that they will become wiser and avoid offensive behaviors. That one is more difficult, isn't it? But I can tell you, you know you are forgiving people if you can pray for them. Yeah, that is helping to make the world a better place. Helping to make the world what? A better place. What this guy did to me, I don't want him to keep doing it to other people. So, Father, whatever it is, help him to become wise. Let him stop this wickedness. I'm not saying praying that you should prosper. I know that one will be difficult for you. I'm not saying praying that your enemy should prosper. I haven't seen that one in the Bible before. But the Bible said, pray for those who persecute you, those who despitefully use you. That is praying that what they don't know for which they are doing what they do, God will give them understanding to see that this is not how to live. Because sometimes you can't explain why some people are so wicked. All you can do is pray for them. You can't understand why some people are wicked. By the way, you know some people have become what they are because of a lot of factors. 
Some of them because of the way they were brought up. Some of them because of childhood experiences. They were so molested and treated bad and they were so brutalized and they have developed a philosophy that life is not fair. So they don't believe in fairness. Yeah, there are people who have, who have been treated so bad, they've come to see that as normal. They need prayer. I've met people who tell me, I know what I'm doing is wrong. I don't know how to stop it. That is why we need to pray for people. Hello? Yeah, that is why we need to pray for people. That is why we need to pray for people. We'll close with um, a scripture in Matthew 18 from verse 15. No, from verse 23, 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents. But as he went, when as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will repay you. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant. I forgive you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So, interesting, wonderful story. Jesus was answering Peter's question. How many times... Should my neighbor offend me and I forgive? And Jesus told this parable. Jesus always taught kingdom principles with practical um, scenarios and illustrations. And this parable is talking about all of us here. All of us. We are all children of God today because we are forgiven by God. And some of you, if God wants to make you account for all your sins... You shouldn't be sitting here. We are all product of God's mercy. In fact, God is so merciful that he causes his mercy to be available for us every morning before we wake up. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. The Bible says that as the heavens are, great, are far away from the earth, so great is his mercy towards mankind because he knows that we are human. So God didn't only forgive us our sins, before we became born again, even now, he still forgives us. And the reason why he has every right to command us 
to forgive people is because he himself, he first forgave us. He forgave you. This thing you are saying, oh, pastor, ask for this one. I can't let it go. <laughs> you did worse than that. You have done worse than that. Oh, God, pastor, I don't know this one. It's not like the way you are saying it. You don't know what I went through. You don't know what I, You did worse than that to God. Do you know how God felt when you were doing all the things you were doing? All the ungodly things, all the wickedness, the things you did to your father from infancy? God has forgiven us. Look at the Old Testament. When Jesus didn't die, people served God with fear. The slightest thing, you were dead. Like all of us here would have been dead by now. Because the way our life is, sometimes we leave church to go and do the same thing they just preach you should not do. And God will still forgive us and still bless you. Now, I want to tell everybody today, the way you are now is not because of your righteousness. It's because of his mercy. Every blessing you are enjoying right now, you are healthy, you are strong, your marriage is good, peace in your home, work is going well, business is doing well. Everything you are enjoying is not because of your righteousness, and you know it. It's not because you are righteous. That is why I don't like being the policeman over other Christians. Because you yourself, you are not as righteous as you, you make us think you are. Are you hearing me? Yeah, everybody should check himself. I'm checking myself. Somebody decides to want to live ungodly, it's his life. It's a free world. All of us are accountable to God. My duty is to preach to you. When I finish preaching, my work is done. I'm not following you, checking. Hey, where are you going? It's not, in fact, today when I was coming to church, I saw a, a member on bicycle going to work somewhere. I didn't stop. I said, by all means, I'll meet some people in church and preach to them. Are you here? You are not the way you are now because of your righteousness. It's the mercy of God. I am a product of his mercy. Somebody say it. Say it one more time. I am the product of God's mercy. Yeah. So you can, on the basis of this, forgive people. The Bible said that Jesus was teaching by this parable that God forgave us more than we can ever forgive people. The man owed his master 10,000 talents. And his master forgave him. He met another person who owed him 100 denarii. That is a thousand times lower than what he, he was forgiven. And the Bible said, what did he do? He held the man by the throat. I want to ask a question. Are you holding somebody by the truth? The answer is yes. Everybody here, you are holding somebody by the truth. You are holding somebody by the truth. And there are people who can't breathe now because of you. But the interesting thing is when you are holding somebody by the truth, you also become static. Is it not true? Two of you come and let me demonstrate. One of you should volunteer that they should hold your throat. <laughs> Stand here, face each other. <laughs> okay. So who is the offender and who is the, who is the offender? You. Okay. Hold, his, hold him by the throat. Now, can this man ever live here as long as he's holding him? Uh-huh. So when you hold people by the throat, you yourself, you become stuck. 
you become stuck. You become stuck. And the Bible said, he didn't only hold him by the throat. He then, he took him to prison and said, until you pay your debt, I will not release you. Because unforgiveness is a form of imprisonment, isn't it? Yeah. And many of you now, you are holding people in your heart. You put people in prison, in the prison of your hearts. And the Greek word for forgiveness, three Greek words for forgiveness. The first one is charizomahi. It means cancel a debt. Now you understand the meaning of that Greek word, cancel a debt. Listen, stop thinking that people owe you apology. Nobody owes you any apology. Let them go. Cancel that debt. Call a person by name. You know me, I don't like people even apologizing because some people, even when they are saying sorry, they don't mean it. It's more annoying to me when somebody is saying sorry and I can see in his face, he doesn't mean it. I prefer to forgive you. You don't even tell me you're saying sorry. Go and live with it yourself. Hello? Yeah, cancel a debt. You know, one day a couple came to me, you know, I was pastoring in Jaska, a couple came to me to resolve some maricom. Each of them was holding a diary. I was shocked to the teeth. I, like, I've never seen that kind of teeth in my life before. And each one opened his diary, dates, or the incidents, they had records. Do you know what I did? To the, I told them to get out of my house. <laughs> I told them, get out. I don't have time for this nonsense. You saw each other. I was not there when you saw each other. You decided to marry. <laughs> you, can't, you can't come and put your, your, your frustration on me. If you are not ready, if you are not ready to sit down, look at each other in the face, listen to each other, apologize to each other, forgive each other. You are all coming to say, on this day you did this, on this day you said that, on this day is this day. And me, I should do what? <laughs> what am I going to do about it? What, what am I going to do? Uh, you don't know I'm a, I'm a human being. What am I going to do about that diary that you have? Yeah, they were surprised. I said, get out. I don't, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. Your husband forgot your birthday. Don't say, oh, no problem. Hmm. Oh, next year will come. Hmm. Hmm. Do you know what you have done now? Your husband is owing you retaliation. You you are waiting. You are waiting. Then you plan how you are going to show him Pepe on his birthday. <laughs> that is unforgiveness. 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 Forgive him. On his birthday, treat him so well. He'll feel ashamed. He'll feel so ashamed that he will never forget your birthday again. Never in his lifetime. But when you do it like that, you have become ungodly. So, cancel the debt. If there's anybody now you have marked the person and said, this, what this person did, I'm going to pay him back. Cancel the debt now. It's not worth it. It's not worth your time. You, that time you are using to plan how to pay him back. Use it to plan your progress. Amen? Use it to plan your future. Use it to plan how you, you and your, your, I mean, you can live nice with your family and enjoy life. It's a better thing to do. Sometimes, I mean, the people you waste your energy on, thinking about them. If you can use a little of that time and energy to think about your own life, you would have made more progress. So cancel every debt. Anybody you are planning to repay, whether it's your wife, your husband, your friend, your child, your anybody, 
or a brother or a sister in this church, you are planning to pay back? No, it's not worth it. Don't keep that debt. Cancel the debt. The second Greek word for forgiveness is afimehi. It means to what? Let go. It means stop holding people in your heart. It means stop imprisoning people. You have created a special prison in your heart where you lock people up. And you know prison is a horrible place, isn't it? You don't need a prison in your heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. One of the things that makes your heart impure is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Your heart is always black, filled with rage and anger and vengeance and resentment and bitterness. Not because of anything you did bad, but because of something somebody did bad. Now your heart has become black. But you can let go. Hello? You can let go. You can't drink poison and expect your enemy to die. When you drink poison, you die. You die. One of the things that hinder a very, you know, speedy recovery process, even in our health, in our body, how fast people recover when they fall sick and how, how slow it is for others. One of it is unforgiveness. Because every day the devil will play back what the person did. And when they play it back, your pressure goes up, your, your whole system is full of rage, and your immune system crumbles. Sometimes Satan can easily strike you by making people offend you. Because at that time, your spiritual composure is disorganized. So, somebody say, I let go. So we are going to call people's names and say what? I let go. I forgive. So, the other people here are not saying amen. <laughs> They're going to let go. Amen? Let go. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Hallelujah. It's not worth it. The last word is Apollo. It means to release. To release offense. It means to release the grudge. Because offenses bring grudge. You never know how, how blessed you can be when you forgive until you do it. You never know how, how much blessings forgiveness will bring you until you try to do it. Can we rise? Somebody say, Father, give me a heart of forgiveness. Help me to forgive. In Jesus' name. Somebody say, Father, from now and the remaining days of my life, help me to live in forgiveness. Help me to practice forgiveness all the remaining days of my life. All the offenses of my past, help me to let them go. All the offenses of my past, help me to let them go. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm going to give you two minutes. And I want you to try to pray now.
call some people by name now and say, I forgive you from the bottom of my heart. I release whatever offense, whatever hatred, whatever anger, whatever you've done to me, I forgive. Everybody pray now. Close your eyes and do that. Don't look at anybody. Call people by name. Everybody. If there are people who really hurt you and cause so much pain, start with those people. Call people by name. Father, today we pray for the heart, the grace to walk in forgiveness. Somebody say, Father, I forgive today. And I receive forgiveness. I receive your favor upon my life in the name of Jesus. I receive your favor upon my life in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for everyone today. Your word has commanded us to forgive. Forgiveness is not easy. Help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here who is carrying pain due to past offenses, things that people have done, some people here, the parents have treated them so bad. There are people here, stepmothers, uncles, aunties, ex-husbands, ex-wives. There are people here, relatives, co-workers, colleagues. There are people here, somebody has hurt them. And they are carrying pain. And they are carrying anger and resentment. I ask that today your power and your spirit will touch them and set them free. And I command every bitterness to leave everyone today in the name of Jesus. I command every bitterness to leave. I command every resentment to go. I command every pain in the heart, every hatred to go. And I pray that Everyone at the sound of my voice will begin to live and practice the life of forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.